Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep, and I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll, I read a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains-like clues. We're seeing this in the viral Sleepy Girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. When I walked away, I was stunned. Not at what was being said, because like Chris referenced in that interview, we have had these conversations. So I wasn't shocked at the content of what he was saying. It was just more of the fact that he was saying it in public, where other people can hear what you think. And your, your thoughts may be a bit controversial, but I remember also thinking, this is something that needs to be heard. This is something that needs to be seen. And I felt a duty. Why? Because when you think of racism, 
you think explicit racism. Most people do, not you, but just in general. You think wearing a white hood, you know, saying things that are derogatory or offensive, that's explicit racism. But then there's implicit racism where you have these unconscious biases and stereotypes and misconceptions of certain groups. And that's what we were seeing in that interview. And I think it was a moment for people to recognize what was being said and to learn and grow from it, which is what we're seeing happen now with Chris. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Welcome to another edition of This Week in Bachelor Nation. This is the episode that we do every Thursday where we're giving you the big roundup of everything that's been going on in and out of the game with all your favorite players. We're going to give you some Bachelor Nation news. We're going to give you This Week in Gains. We're going to give you all the parasocial plays that you want to hear about. We're even going to give you our screams from the pit. But before we do any of that, we are going to start this episode, as we always start this week's In Bachelor Nation, with something that we call Game of Roses. State of the World. As you know, in this segment, we talk about some broader topic that is happening in global or national news, and we relate it back to The Bachelor. In today's case, the news of the world and the news of The Bachelor are intertwined, one and the same, and they also intertwine into American politics. Once again, one and the same. The singularity. It's here. We've just been talking about American politics and The Bachelor being intertwined from the very beginning, and it's always been the case. But now, as we are in the midst of this giant scandal... It is all seeping to the top. It is laid bare for all of us to see. It's mainstream. By the way, I don't think this should be called Twibbin this week. I think it should be called Tmibbin this month in Bachelor Nation because this week has felt like a month. It has been a lot. (laughs) I won't lie to you. There have been a great many things happening. And one of them is the seed for the tree that we are about to grow in our state of the world. A tweet was issued by not someone in Bachelor Nation, not even a celebrity who is tangentially affiliated with Bachelor Nation, but instead a sitting United States member of Congress named Jim Jordan, who is a Republican from Ohio. He tweeted this, Today's left, colon, canceled Senator Feinstein for not being woke enough, canceled Gina Carano for being too conservative, and now they've canceled Chris Harrison from The Bachelor for wanting to hear both sides of the story. Who's next? Do you think Jim Jordan watched the Chris Harrison interview? No. I think he read a headline and was like, cancel culture's gone too Mm -hmm. far. Exactly. We're going to take this tweet. Obviously, he's mentioned Chris Harrison by name in it. He's mentioned The Bachelor by name in it. Again, this is a sitting member of U.S. Congress talking about The Bachelor and Chris Harrison. But I want to broaden this out and talk generally about cancel culture at large. What it is, how he is talking about it. Is it real? Is it real? All these kinds of things. No, it's not real. I mean, I don't. Do we need to link this to Bachelor Nation? I mean, it said it right in the fucking tweet. It's the same thing. So the we're not going to tell you. Chris Harrison, Jim Jordan. I'm seeing it all in the same paragraph. Boom, linked. Exactly. So you can see how this relates to Bachelor Nation. But let's get into 
exactly what he's talking about here. Canceled Senator Feinstein for not being woke enough. What he is referring to there is Senator Feinstein used to be the mayor of San Francisco. San Francisco voted to change the names of 44 schools that were named for various public figures, including Abraham Lincoln, who were engaged in racial discrimination or discriminatory practices throughout history, if not for outright owning slaves. Feinstein, of course, did not own slaves, but she was included in that list because in 1984, when she was the mayor, a Confederate flag that was part of a historical display had been removed in an act of vandalism, and she ordered it replaced. But then several days later, when it was removed again, she did not have it replaced. Nonetheless, the replacement of that flag was enough for the San Francisco City Council to vote 6-1 to to remove her name, along with these 44 other names from schools in San Francisco. And... Gina Carano also is included in this. Carano posted severally racially insensitive posts over the past year, culminating in one that read, Jews were beaten in the streets not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. And the cancellation that she faces is by a company called Disney. She is employed or was employed by Disney on a TV show called The Mandalorian, which airs on Disney Plus. It's their biggest show. She was one of the main characters And she was even in talks to have a spinoff show created specifically for her and that character. That is all gone now. They fired her. The secondary part of that is that she was hired by Ben Shapiro, who is a noted conservative podcast YouTube host. Smoke show. (laughs) We all have our own tastes. (laughs) He is now going to bankroll a movie for her to star in that I believe she's coming up with a premise for as well. And they're going to hire a writer and make that media. And we will get to what that means in a moment. Then the third person that Jordan talks about in his tweet is obviously Chris Harrison, and we know what happened there. He has now been asked to step aside, at least for the after the final rose of this season. So are these people canceled? What is cancel culture? My belief is that people like Jim Jordan think cancel culture is the internet, social media, Twitter, Instagram, raising an outrage when people are engaged in actions that are offensive and that that gets them, in quotes, canceled. What he fails to realize here is that cancel culture, if it exists at all, and I don't believe that people voicing their opinions about things is a cancel culture, if it exists anywhere, it exists in corporate America. It's the giant corporate greed machines that are doing the firings, that are taking these people's jobs away. And certainly it may be in reaction to people voicing their opinions, but that's not on the people voicing the opinions. ABC is the one who said, Chris Harrison, you have to step aside. He didn't make that choice. There was no one. Do we know that? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just <laughs> just uh, covering all our bases. I assume it was not his choice as well. But Rachel Lindsay in the higher learning episode said that it was his choice. Ultimately, sure, but I think there were some meetings had by 
lawyers, executives, marketing people, whatever, who are like, this thing's not going away. There's a petition. You got to take some kind of action. You got to step away from it. And he's like, fine, I'll do that. They've put together a plan for him that's like, you'll miss the after the final rose. We'll have you back after another public apology to, you know, host the next season of Bachelorette, whatever. Same thing with Gina Carano. That wasn't her decision, obviously, to leave The Mandalorian. It was Disney's decision, the company that owns ABC, by the way, to say, you've done too many things. People are now too outraged about this. You are a liability to our bottom line, which is money. All of this is always about money. It is just corporate greed. And it's about how much trouble will it cause to keep a person like this in the mix versus how much money will they lose if they do it. That is the only math that is being done here. And so cancel culture really is corporate culture, is just greed. It's capitalism. It's the same thing that fuels the entire society. So if you have a problem with people being canceled, don't take it up with the people raising their voice in reaction to what these people are doing. Take it up with the companies that fire them for it. That is where the true cancel culture exists, if it does at all. Again, it's also like you have a job to do. If you don't perform that job correctly, your employer may seek to fire you, which is what happened with Chris Harrison. Yes, ultimately all the things he said were racist, but his job was to go into that interview, defend Rachel Kirkconnell, and try to smooth the situation out. Instead, he fucking threw gasoline on it and then fucking took a match to it. Like he blew this up bigger than it ever could have been. Definitely, and he like Rachel Lindsay also said, didn't know that he had done anything wrong until there was this outrage on the internet. He called Rachel Lindsay and thought they had a nice discussion afterwards. Um, but in terms of whether cancel culture is real, I tend to agree with this writer, Sarah Haggi, Haggi, H-A-G-I. She wrote this article for Time called Cancel Culture is Not Real, at least not in the way people think. And she said, the problem with this perspective is cancel culture isn't real at least not in the way people believe it is instead it's turned into a catch-all for when people in power face consequences for their actions or receive any type of criticism something that they're not used to i'm a black muslim woman and because of social media marginalized people like myself can express ourselves in a way that was not possible before that means racist sexist and bigoted behavior or remarks don't fly like they used to this applies not only to wealthy people or industry leaders, but anyone whose privilege has historically shielded them from public scrutiny. Because they can't handle this cultural shift, they rely on phrases like cancel culture to delegitimize the criticism. And she said, rather than panicking that someone might be asked to take a seat, we would all do well to consider the people who are actually sidelined, those who lose professional opportunities because of toxic workplaces, who spend years dealing with trauma caused by others' actions, who are made to feel unsafe. And I thought a lot about Chris Harrison in this, but also, you know, Louis C.K., that whole thing that people are like, he's canceled, although he has still done shows since that whole controversy happened. And the women who were driven out of comedy who might have made amazing content, but were traumatized by him. You know, that's like, that is when people are focusing on cancel culture, they're focusing on the harm that's being done to Louis C.K., who was accused... He was... Louis C.K. was accused of a bunch of sexual harassment, basically. I do think, like, when she's talking about this, people who are not used to being 
able to not do exactly what they want when they want it etc that is so chris harrison to me like he has just gotten his way in everything he's done his entire life he has never faced any obstacles you know even when the show has been accused of racist things in the past it hasn't really affected their bottom line they haven't really had to do that much in response to it um and he in that interview (laughs) seems like he's upset about it he's upset about the woke police he's upset about cancel culture because he wishes he could go back to that time where they could just dress up in nice dresses and go have fun at a party and why is everyone got to be so <sighs> woke police all the time now i would also say that again it's the companies that are succumbing to the pressure in quotes of the woke police what you're seeing happen with gina carano right now where ben shapiro is like yeah fuck it i'll make your movie there is now the shift where if you get in quotes canceled out of mainstream media there's going to be a right-wing media opportunity for you where you can go make a movie with Ben Shapiro's production company or whatever other right-wing media Island. company. Sure, but that movie, whatever she... I mean, that movie, who knows if it's going to be good or not, it's going to make a fuckload of money. And again, that's all that matters because everyone on the right will support it. What did she play in Mandalorian? Was she Baby Yoda? No, <laughs> Grogu, she was not. Grogu is not played by a person. It's a mix of computer generation and animatronics Mm. she played a character called Cara Dune I think she was kind of like a an ex-rebel fighter who turned into like a sheriff in this one town and she was going to get her whole spinoff show a cab yes she was a cop but I do think what we're going to start to see is this rise of a right-wing media apparatus that allows anybody who gets kicked out of mainstream media to go make their shit there. And once that starts making enough money, all of the major studios are going to be like, oh, we have to have right-wing studios now too. Like Sony, for example, has a Christian arm that makes these super low-budget Christian movies, and they do very well because they shoot them for almost nothing. They play them in big cities, and all the Christians online, evangelicals specifically, are like, go see this movie. It's coming out this weekend. And they make profit every time. And I could see the mainstream studios doing something similar, that it's like, this is just our right-wing media arm. You don't think people would uh, tweet about that, try to get that taken down? If it makes money, it makes money. Like, The Bachelor is still going to make money, whether Chris Harrison is the host of it or not. Having him as the host right now hurts the bottom line. There's too much outrage, they need to quiet that down. It doesn't matter if people are outraged. The studios and stuff, the media companies don't give a fuck about how anyone feels. They don't give a fuck about making any progress for inclusion, diversity. They don't care about any of that. They care about making money. And if something will make them money, the rest of it doesn't matter to them. I believe there are companies that have goals other than money. Yeah, there are some. None of them are billion-dollar media companies. (laughs) Gore, Game of Roses, soon to be. (laughs) Maybe one day we'll have a billion dollars. We're never going to make a billion dollars. But that is state of the world. We're living in what some people believe to be a cancel culture. And some people are believed to be the victims of it, like Gina Carano, Chris Harrison, and as Jim Jordan says, Senator Feinstein. Time will tell. 
how canceled Dark Lord Harrison is. My prediction is we will see him on the very next season of The Bachelorette. My prediction is fired. We will see. But <laughs> now it is time to move on to our next segment where we are going to be talking about some movements on Instagram. This is... This Week in... Games. As you know, we are charting the ratings of the show and the Instagram gains of all of the players for this season. So let's jump in. The seventh week of Matt James's historic season which was the first episode to air after Bachelor Nation was rocked by the racism scandal that involved DLH defending Rachel Kirkconnell's racist behaviors with racist ideology of his own, took a dive in the numbers. The game pulled in a 1.35 in the key demo of adults 18 to 49, down about 3.5% from last week, which itself was down from the week before. And the total viewers dropped to 5.2 million, which was down 4% from last week. So the scandal at the heart of Bachelor Nation doesn't seem to be fueling any better ratings. All that said, the big game did win its night for ABC as the highest rated show across all broadcast networks. As network television continues to let out its dying breath, it seems the only reliable metric might very well be this comparative statistic of which show is simply the most watched on a given night. Now, let's talk Instagram gains of the Season 25 players. First up is the lead himself, Matt James. He's up 31,000 followers, bringing him to a total of 893,000, closing in on that magic 1 million mark. If he can cross the threshold, he will be only the second black player to have done so. The first is, of course, our most recent crown, Tasha Adams. And now, the top five follower gains for the players from season 25. This is from February 10th, last week, to today, February 17th. The gold medal in gains this week goes to Georgian historian Rachel Kirkconnell, adding 84K for her swirling parasocial racism scandal that threatens to bring down the Dark Lord himself and for getting the last and most important group date rose of the season bring her to 389,000 followers total. The silver medal in gains this week goes to Abigail Herringer. 59,000 followers bringing her to 342,000 total for her swan song, Curse of the Cut, and perfect limo exit speech complete with tear play. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting there. The bronze medal for gains this week goes to the ghost postmortem echo bump of alleged crown Katie Thurston and her double hoodoo, bringing her 57,000 new followers, keeping her at the highest Instagram total for any player this season at 392k. Will she still be announced as the next bachelorette given this past week's events? Or will she be relegated to try to get in the 1 million club on sand? Only time will tell. Fourth place this week goes to the socialite from the Big Apple, 
Kit Keenan. 44000 for her long-term investment play. Swan Song Self-Elimination, bringing her to 272000 We look forward to seeing her with sand twixt her toes very shortly. Fifth place went to Bree Springs. Yeah. <laughs> 33.4K for her group date sabbatical tier play combo making her the first black player to join the 100K club at 121,000 followers total. Other notable gains. Piper James gained 18.9K for her nervous breakdown after Heather Martin crashed. Her bachelor's preference and ultimately her swan song, bringing her to 40.4K total. This was almost a 200% gain for Piper. <laughs> I couldn't get through that without laughing. Oh, shit. I thought I had it. No, it was perfect. Chelsea Vaughn. Vaughn, Vaughn, Vaughn. Good 17K for her swan song exit, bringing her to 67.2K total. She also did a peeping Tom. Don't forget about Serena P. She gained 14.1K for pushing past her own boundaries on her spirit guide one-on-one, loading familial walls, and getting the one-on-one rose, bringing her to 62.9K total. I don't like it anymore. It's scary. (laughs) I was pushing the boundaries. I found the limit. I went further than I needed to. Just like Serena P. Heather Martin gained 14K for her attempt at a veteran on a second tour, several invocations of Hannah Brown, being bullied by all the other players, and ultimately a zero rose full edit, bringing her to 267K total. That, she gained, what, 12.5K last week, 14K this week, 26K? Was that worth a red eye and a drive to Nima Cohen? Yeah. I think she'll I think she'll get some more too this week, some runoff. And the smallest gain crown was a tie again, going to both Corinne Jones and Kaylee Anderson for losing a hundred followers apiece, bringing them to twenty six point three K and twenty seven point nine K respectively. So the top five Instagrams from this season so far are unchanged from last week. The numbers went up, but the placement stayed exactly the same. Number one, Katie Thurston, 392K. Number two, Rachel Kirkconnell, 389. Number three, Abigail Herringer, 342K. Kit Keenan, number four, 272K. And Sarah Trot, 193K, still in the top five. Gone but not forgotten. And we usually see the big boosts start to come in the playoffs. Hometowns and fantasy suites are where we really start to see huge shifts in these numbers very usually. Then once you get into the finals, both of those players start skyrocketing. So many of these players have built good bases. We're going to see what they can do in playoffs. Notably, both Bree Springs and Michelle Young crossed the 100K mark this week. Bree's at 121 and Michelle Young's at 101K. Congratulations. 
and checking in with Rachel Lindsay, who is no longer a player in our beloved game, but certainly she is one of the most talked about ex-players in Bachelor Nation right now because of her involvement in the Dark Lord Harrison scandal. She is at 955K as of today, and she was at 897K last week at this time. So she has gained 58,000 followers from everything that's been going on, which is very good news. We would love to see her hit a million. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if she's still going to get benefit from everything that's going on parasocially or not, but goddamn, she's close again. She's right there again. If she's ever going to do it, it's got to be now. I mean, are they going to have her on after the final rose? Is that going to be part of the DLH apology tour? The after the final rose is going to be fascinating. I have no idea what the fuck that show is going to entail. Who's going to host it? Are they going to force Rachel Kirkconnell to talk about this stuff? How is Matt James going to react to it? There are so many questions surrounding this. Uh, and let's not forget, how are they going to treat the Brittany Galvin bullying scenario, the rumor that they circulated about her being a sex worker? How are they going to treat the bullying scenarios that they manufactured as producers just throughout the entire game? I mean, some of that's going to be hit on on Women Tell All for sure, but it's all baked into whatever this final moment of the season is going to be with Kirk Connell, Matt James, et cetera, et cetera. This season is among the most fascinating ever produced already. And we haven't even seen these episodes where the players then get to reflect on the things and are forced to talk about everything that went on. We shall see. Yeah. Been seeing a lot of get out memes <laughs> referencing Rachel Kirk Connell's hometown date. Oh God. I'm scared to watch it. And yet we must. But that wraps up this week in gains. And now before we get into the news, please enjoy this word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro. FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel. Because right now, you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same-game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, the racism scandal that has rocked Bachelor Nation over the past week continues to unfold. And we thought as our first item of Bachelor Nation News, we would go through it from the beginning, step by step, bring you up to speed with where we are now. It all started six weeks ago with a TikTok by Maddie Bierster. In it, Maddie claimed that Rachel bullied her in high school for liking black guys. That TikTok now has 572,000 likes. Then Instagram posts surfaced depicting high school students standing in front of a Confederate flag while wearing culturally appropriative outfits, and these posts were liked by star player Rachel Kirkconnell. 
These posts weren't enough to spark controversy outside Reddit, but when images surfaced of Kirkinall in an antebellum dress attending an Old South ball in 2018, the scandal reached critical mass. And despite ABC and the franchise effectively muzzling Kirkinall so she could not offer any reaction to these events, a reaction was demanded by Bachelor Nation. The solution for ABC was to send Chris Harrison to do an interview with Rachel Lindsay, the first black lead in the franchise's history on Extra. Harrison was sent in with marching orders to defend Kirkinell through a combination of downplaying her actions and attacking Lindsay for questioning them. But in the process, he subsequently revealed his own racist views. The outrage in Bachelor Nation was immediate, prompting an action that we've been advocating here at Gore for months now unionization. The players of Historic Season 25 on The Bachelor all issued a joint statement condemning racism and by extension the franchise itself while offering support to Rachel Lindsay, who has been unfairly forced into the role of the game's spokesperson of color since she wore the crown back in Season 13 of The Bachelorette. And the men of Season 16 of The Bachelorette have since added a joint statement of their own to the conversation, making the players' union that much stronger. Two petitions were launched on Change.org, one calling for the removal of Harrison as host and one demanding he be kept in his hosting duties. Neither seemed to be generating meaningful numbers, with a petition calling for his termination stalled at 40,000 signatures and the one supporting Harrison as host just shy of 10,000. But with mounting pressure from constant media coverage of the event and a united front of players all opposing Chris Harrison's racist appearance, Harrison issued two statements. The first was a generic bare minimum apology to Rachel Lindsay and what Harrison described as his Bachelor Nation family, but the second went even further. In a two-slide post to his Instagram main grid, he issued deeper apologies for the specific language he used in the Lindsay interview and to the black community specifically, and most notably, in what he described as an attempt to not overshadow Matt James' historic season, Harrison announced that he will be stepping aside for a period of time, which means he will not host after the final rose this season. It will be the first after the final rose without his hosting duties since the segment premiered in Season 3 on May 21st, 2003, with Bachelor Andrew Firestone. Most scandals within Bachelor Nation stay within Bachelor Nation, but this one has erupted into international news, being reported across the pond by the BBC and other major international news outlets. Here at home, Rachel Lindsay has appeared on CNN to give a lengthy interview to Don Lemon about her reaction to Harrison's appearance on Extra with her, and even podcasters like Justine Kay and Natasha Scott from Two Black Girls, One Rose have appeared on ABC News to give us their takes on everything that's been happening. And now we are just starting to understand the repercussions of everything and still waiting to see how this season will conclude. It seems Chris Harrison's other sponsorship deals might be affected. The Manly Band's wedding ring company, who hired Harrison as their spokesman early the earlier this year has silently removed his image from their Instagram page and their webpage. And now AdAge is reporting that Procter and Gamble, the corporate owners of the Crest brand are in decisions as we speak to determine if they will continue to use Harrison in their promotion of whitening strips. It is too early to tell if this is the end of Harrison as a public figure and ABC's ultimate decision on whether or not he returns to hosting duties after a period of imposed exile from the franchise will likely set the tone for other corporate sponsorships. This story is still developing and will continue to do so for the next several months. I don't know where we stand with this, but that 
Procter and Gamble thing and that Manly Bands thing are not good signs for Chris Harrison. I think once you lose Manly Bands, you're done. I don't know what Manly Bands was paying him, but he was like the face of Manly Bands. Crest, yeah. he's not the face of Crest. Crest has a big deal with the Bachelor, generally speaking. Like a bunch of different Bachelor players have been doing SpawnCon for Crest for many years at this point. But he certainly was featured in some of their commercials, some of the bumper commercials that they would play during seasons of him putting on the white strips and shit. So the fact that they are thinking about dropping him means this is a huge, huge kind of thing, that he's going to be persona non grata for anyone seeking potential sponsorship (laughs) through him. It was a bizarre moment to scroll the Manly Band's Instagram and see it without DLH's face. This is because of ABC's decision to make him step down. I firmly believe that if he comes back to The Bachelorette, all this other shit comes back too. What do you think the odds are? Of him coming back? Yeah. Very high. I think he's doing it. I think it's... I think that plan is set up. I think there's a calendar that's like, here's the appropriate amount of time you have to go into the wilderness and learn about race, whatever the thing is that he's going to come back with, where he's like, I studied these books and I hired these people and whatever. He'll have a very professionally made apology plan when he comes back. After skipping one episode. I mean, it's going to be one episode in the airing of the show, but it's going to be months that he will get to use as this is where I was, this is what I was doing in real time, you know? I mean, we're going to know about this very soon because Bachelorette is going to start shooting in about a month and he's either going to be there or he's not like we're going to know if they brought him back or if they didn't pretty quickly they're going to shoot two different versions that would be insane (laughs) that the cliffhanger is did we bring Harrison back or not or it's like they plan on putting him back in but they have to wait and see what public opinion is before they can do the edits (laughs) yeah or they make him wear like little sensors so that they can put a different face over his if they Please. need to he's the rock it's Dwayne Johnson's face just put yeah over <laughs> oh my god I would love the rock to host that's a great idea another five to ten years all major actors and celebrities will be licensing their faces to people so get ready for that you say that so often it makes me think that you are the one who is doing these licenses <laughs> I wish be very lucrative moving on In other racist Bachelor Nation activity news, Demi (laughs) Burnett finds herself at the center of her own racism scandal this week after an image surfaced of her wearing a jacket with a Confederate flag patch on the shoulder. Many people are speculating the photo was from last year. Burnett issued an apology immediately to her Twitter account. We will play the audio from that apology for you now. Fuck it. People are telling me I shouldn't say anything. I'm going to say something about this. Um, So... There's been this picture that's been resurfaced of me wearing a jacket that had a Confederate flag on it. That jacket was given to me by my ex. His dad actually gave it to me. And um, I had no idea, like, the weight that the Confederate flag held whenever I was wearing it. Um, And I just wore it for that one night. And it was a Yeezy jacket. I thought it was so cool. I was like, yeah, Yeezy. And I didn't even, like, pay attention to that. That's ignorance. That's ignorant of me not to pay attention to the Confederate flag. Even more ignorant of me to not even know how harmful that is to people. So, like, yeah, I royally fucked up wearing that. And I am so fucking sorry. Like, I'm disgusted with myself. I'm embarrassed. Like, it doesn't even matter how I feel. I'm just so fucking sorry because that is not what I stand for. That is not what I'm about. And I'm really mad that I ever wore 
I've been in ignorant, self-absorbed sack of shit for most of my life. Um, So I genuinely had no idea what I was representing by wearing the jacket. I have no excuses other than ignorant, self-absorbed sack of shit. Uh, Disgusted with myself. I suck for that. Suck very badly for that. I know better now. Did not know better then. Um... So, really what I can say now is uh, be better than me. Don't look up to me. Be Look up to being better than me. Because I fucking suck. And I really fucking hate myself. Like, for being ignorant. Because this is the time to change the world. Make it better. And I made it worse. So, I'm really, really sorry. No stranger to racially charged controversy, Burnett found herself in hot water a year ago when an Instagram comment surfaced from December 2016 in which she used a racial slur. Will this current transgression by the first player to engage in a same-sex relationship in the history of the game be forgiven, or will it simply be overshadowed by the larger scandal involving Harrison and Kirkinell? Time will tell. Next up in Bachelor Nation news... Producer manipulation is in the news this week as more players seem to be getting comfortable with the idea of revealing secrets about their Machiavellian machinations behind the scenes. Since Dylan Barber's calls for the cancellation of The Bachelor and ABC on Twitter a few weeks ago. Juan Pablo Galvez revealed on the Almost Famous podcast with Ben Higgins and Ashley Iaconetti that the producers reached out to him and asked him to appear on season 16 of Bachelorette opposite his ex, Claire Crawley, in what would have been a clear attempt to undermine Claire's journey to find love. And a player from all the way back in season five took to her Instagram this week to spill some of her own secrets about her experience in the first two weeks of shooting with Bachelor Jesse Palmer. Celeste Creel explained that she experienced racism while in game, but said that racism was nothing compared to the perverted, twisted, sick premise of the show itself in a first-of-its-kind attack on the very idea of the show. She goes on to lambast the show for never having any genuine intimacy and for lying to both the audience and the players alike, something we've long held to be true on Gore. She even goes so far as to ask all women to boycott the show and end it for good. When you have ex-players from the experimental era coming out this strongly against the show, we can only wonder who is next. And with the Ides of March approaching and PP and Kelly seemingly repairing their relationship, will they launch the next attack against the corporate greed machine that makes our beloved game? Time will tell. I found this very interesting this week that we're starting to see more and more of these players doing this shit. And this thing that Celeste Creel put on her Instagram story was not kind. I reposted it to my Instagram story. It's gone now, but maybe I'll, I'll put it up in a highlight or something. I mean, this shit was like yeah, down sure. and dirty saying these producers are terrible, evil people who are just trying to destroy us for their own gains, all this kind of stuff. Things that you and I talk about literally (laughs) on every podcast. (laughs) But to see a player say it, even, I get it, she was from season five and she only made it two weeks in. Nonetheless, she was a player in this game. Saw firsthand the shit they were doing way back in that experimental season. I, I firmly believe this is going to be a new trend that is happening almost constantly with players coming out and revealing the deep, dark secrets of uh, the lengths these producers will go to to destroy them. 
we are not like Nick Vial, and we do believe the lived experiences of people other than the final four in this franchise. So, <laughs> Speaking of the lived experiences of people in this franchise, <laughs> our next item Ooh. of Bachelor Nation News involves Dale Moss and Claire Crawley. They have been spotted together in Venice, Florida, and they are seemingly in good spirits. Fucked up. Photographs and video of the defunct couple have been revealed by Reality Steve depicting what looks to be a leisurely stroll through traffic. Moss and Crawley met on the most recent season 16 of The Bachelorette. The shooting of that season was postponed for five months, allowing Crawley to fall under Moss's parasocial spell while she was scrolling through his Instagram on what she claimed was a daily basis. This unprecedented preseason circumstance laid the foundation for what would be the most dominant victory by any player in the history of the game, garnering Moss a ring after only four episodes. Are these new photos evidence of a reconciliation? Did Moss and Crawley orchestrate this entire event to take us all on a wild emotional thrill ride designed to boost engagement for their spawn con? Will we continue to cover the story as it develops? <laughs> Yes, of course. Will we? <laughs> and again, time will tell. <laughs> I just am but, like, I saw this shit and I fucking for real. Like, I was like, oh my God, are they getting back together? Then I was like, they're fooling you, dude. They're fooling you. Fucking wake up. Test. This shit was all scripted. Wake up clues. They were never apart. Alternate theory. Dale Moss bolted. He saw what was out there in the singles pool. Me. Day's case thought it was too powerful and dove right back into Clail. He got scared of his emotions when he looked at your Instagram and he was like, mm -hmm. I need to go back into this fake relationship. I'm not ready for the real thing yet. People were tagging him and he was like, wow, I like it's too much. I'll buy that. I'm too young to settle down it with my soulmate. I will tell you this. I don't know if this is all orchestrated, but I think there is a good chance it is. I think there is a good chance they are both at least talking about, hey, if we get back together, it'll be big news. We'll be... I mean, this fucking shit was covered by them. people, Us Weekly, all the usual kind of Bachelor Nation gossip news. They all covered this fucking story. And I think in opposition to what's going on with Chris Harrison and Rachel Kirkconnell, some people do want this. They want the tabloid romance, the soap opera kind of elements of this. And I think it's like it's good counter programming to the seriousness of what's happening in the, the bigger news of bachelor nation. And they're just timing is like impeccable. And now as an added development, Dale Moss today posted some Instagram stories where he's getting a pedicure and you can hear Claire Crawley laughing in the background. She's there with him. Yeah. He says he lost a bet. Is it a coincidence that PP and Kelly are reuniting in Florida and Del Moss and Claire Crawley are reuniting in Florida. It's a it, They didn't invent this strategy of playing up a will they, won't they, in the public eye, but they are doing it expertly. Yeah, I'm curious to see what Moss's gains are if they get back together. I mean, Tyler Cameron and Hannah Brown did this for like a year, maybe more. They were like, if we just go in the same place and are photographed together... We'll have news articles. We'll get those gains. Well, we've long said Dale Moss is one of the most powerful parasocial players we've ever seen. And it's bearing to be true here. Even in the face of a breakup, he is finding ways to get in the news, to have that parasocial power that he can wield so beautifully. Would you put it past him to be the only one who made this as a strategy? 
Yes, I would put it past him. I don't think that's possible because Claire is a willing participant in this. I think if they really broke up on like horrible terms, if he really cheated on her or whatever, she really believed he was just in it for clout, would she be palling around with him? Would she be going to get a pedicure with him? She's laughing in this video. So you think she made it up when she's posting all that shit that's like when someone shows you who they are, believe them. I think they probably didn't speak for a little while. Let's assume that this is not completely orchestrated, that it's not 100% scripted. Let's say that they're just Mm -hmm. at this point capitalizing on kind of the parasocial element of a breakup and all attention being on them and whatever. He had to have asked her, hey, we should get together and hang out. Do you want to do that? She says, okay. Now they're not taking pictures of it, or if they did, they're not posting those yet. All the pictures that came out were taken by somebody in a car who just saw them crossing the street, unless that person was planted. And we know Dale Moss is very good at planting paparazzi to take his pictures because he did that immediately after they broke up. There was, in quotes, a paparazzi who caught him in the street was like, hey, Dale, what about paradise? No, it's too early to ask me that question yet, dude. But it was like his friend that was found out. Mm -hmm. That may be the case here. But at the very least, Claire is amenable to this. Again, she's laughing in that pedicure video oh she posted a video that's just of like her haircut and she has a sparkle in her eye of a woman who has just been dale mossed oh well (laughs) she looks happy as a clam i don't know i don't know who is generating the storyline here she is definitely involved she's either a hundred percent playing into his game or she's playing it with him i don't know which is true but it's fucking working because here we are. The, the longest Bachelor news piece that we have this week is this. And it's, I think, even beating the Chris Harrison scandal in terms of, in quotes, airtime. I'm looking at his Instagram followers. He has lost 34.9K in the last month. but his, And he's still, he still is encountering losses, but his losses are diminishing the past since saturday and let's say we get a fucking picture of them with the ring everything's back on we're going to be married next summer million he gets a million a million yeah if they get married they'll get 270k oh if they get married yeah or even if they get like engaged again re-engaged or whatever well Time will tell. (laughs) We will continue following this developing story and let you know about Clail and or Day's case. (laughs) Just trail off. Speaking of players on the hunt for a million followers, Rachel Lindsay is in the news this week as she steps into yet another high profile job as the owner of a football team. That's right, she announced her next step toward world dominance on Instagram this week as the co-owner of the Wild Aces, a team in a brand new league called Fan Controlled Football. The league will feature teams of seven players on a 50-yard gridiron playing through two 20-minute halves. Other rule changes from the NFL include the omission of kickoffs and punts, and the extra points will be a one-on-one battle between a wide receiver and a defensive back. And the main difference is that fans will supposedly determine every aspect of the league, down to which plays are being called on field. 
Novelty football leagues playing their schedules in the NFL's offseason have traditionally not done well. Arena football, the Alliance of American football, the XFL, the LFL, we remember them all, have all not lasted as long as their founders had hoped. We shall see what the fate of fan-controlled football will be, but at least for the moment, Rachel Lindsay stands alone as the only player from our beloved game to be the owner of a professional sports team, further cementing the ever-connected relationship between football and our beloved game. Congratulations to Rachel Lindsay, and finally in Bachelor Nation news, congratulations to Ben Zorn on his new baby, Logan Thomas Zorn. He was a player on season 11 of The Bachelorette, that was Caitlin Bristow's season, and season 4 of Bachelor in Paradise, where he was most known for his all-consuming obsession with his dog. And now we move into that portion of our show in which we dissect all of the plays that our favorite players are making off the field and on the screens in your hand where they control your every waking thought. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Just wanted to start this week's parasocial recognition by taking a moment to talk about the biggest TikTok player in Bachelor Nation. Hannah Brown might be the queen of Instagram, but her 1.1 million TikTok followers must kneel before the player who sits on this throne. With 1.5 million followers. It's Listen to Your Hearts, Danny Padilla. He's got his finger on the Gen Z pulse, and so far, no one is coming close to his TikTok numbers. Give him a follow for his hilarious content. Should also be noted that his most recent post outlines uh, some difficult times he's going through right now on TikTok with not being able to get verified and a ghost account who has stolen his identity that has hundreds of thousands of followers and is just reposting his shit as their own. Oh my God. So if you're following Danny Padilla, it's Danny Padilla. Danny J. Padilla is not him. <laughs> oh God. I know. And Hopefully, should be reported. Oh, he has reported it. I, I'm sure. And uh, hopefully that problem will get solved very soon. But I thought it was worth noting and I just did some digging around this week on TikTok because that is the next huge platform. It is ultimately going to make Instagram kind of irrelevant, I feel. And Danny Padilla so far is out front there just crushing it. Hannah Brown has 1.1 million. Then after that, it is a huge drop off. Everybody is sub 1 million in Bachelor Nation. I think there's a new rising star, though. Bachelor Clues. Posting on Game of Roses pod TikTok. Who's doing some funny shit. I didn't want to toot my own horn, but yes, I have at this <laughs> point, you know, generated about a thousand <laughs> followers, so I'm well on my way. Wowie. But now let's get into those parasocial plays of the week. First up, we have to highlight Hannah Brown. She turned in an impressive parasocial play this week with an Instagram story post featuring herself and her new boyfriend, Adam Willard both on horseback, sharing a Valentine's Day kiss. The post was covered in all major Bachelor news outlets and served to further the story of her new romance and life after our beloved game. Our next parasocial play of the week, as we mentioned in Bachelor Nation news, Season 5 player Celeste Creel made an impressive parasocial play this week by coming 
right at not only producers, but the entire concept of the game in a no-holds-barred poster Instagram story, revealing the darkness of the game behind the scenes. Piper James deserves a mention this week. She put together an impressive TikTok featuring a very well-edited montage of every dress she wore during the course of the current season. Piper's out there. We see her. She knows how to use the TikTok as well. <laughs> I think um, Danny Padilla would tell you it's called TikTok, not the TikTok. No, maybe that's why I can't get a viral TikTok. You will. I believe in you. Thank you. Speaking of impressive plays, our parasocial play of the week was a clear winner. No argument. It goes to the unionization play by all the female players of season 25 of The Bachelor. They all posted a tan main grid all text post with three paragraphs and six rectangles at the top. It read, we are the women of Bachelor season 25. 25 women who identify as BIPOC were cast on this historic season that was meant to represent change. We are deeply disappointed and want to make it clear that we denounce any defense of racism. Any defense of racist behavior denies the lived and continued experience of BIPOC individuals. These experiences are not to be exploited or tokenized. Rachel Lindsay continues to advocate with grace, in quotes, for individuals who identify as BIPOC within this franchise. Just because she is speaking the loudest doesn't mean she is alone. We stand with her, we hear her, and we advocate for change alongside her, end quote. Collectively, their posts have raked in over 200,000 likes and ultimately led to the unionization play by the male players of season 16 of The Bachelorette as well. We've never seen an act of solidarity like this from a player pool in any season, and we don't know if this move was sanctioned by the producers or if it was a rogue play, but whoever generated this idea has contributed perhaps one of the most important parasocial moments in the game's rich history. I've never seen a parasocial play affect the game like this. No. I think it was specifically this unionization play that got Harrison to be forced to step down. I think without I it, they would have ignored this, moved on. But once the players were like, fuck you guys, we're all against this. How do you then have him at after the final rose? You can't. God, they already shot the women till all like how that is going to be fucking insane to watch. But congrats to all of the players who posted this very important statement this week. We love to see it and we congratulate you on a job well done. It was almost every player. While these were amazing plays, we had a couple possible parasocial errors of the week. Runner up goes to Ashley Iaconetti. She made an Instagram story poll that read, which single Bachelor would you rather see on Bachelor in Paradise, Peter or Colton? 59% of her audience would rather see Colton, who stalked his ring winner, Touch Sand. The <laughs> use of polls like this to get engagement, which are just 
I just don't know the thought process that goes into this. It reminded me of the polls when people were like, who are you voting for, Trump or Biden? And then you could see the audience of that person's followers. But, I I mean, this is a similar one. (laughs) You got someone who's engaging in criminal behavior as one of the options, and it's meant to be like, oh, what a fun puff piece poll. Bachelor casting. I mean, it's astounding to me that 59% of her audience would rather see Colton, but it's more astounding to me that she posted this without any reflection on it at all. It's as though that didn't fucking happen in her mind. She probably has missed the whole story because she's been house buying. As much of an error as that was, the parasocial error of the week goes to Demi Burnett. This all started with a tweet she issued after the most recent episode aired in which she said, Batch girls always love meeting me because my clout and ability to entertain. Well... I don't want to know a single one of the people who said mean shit to Heather. Heather wouldn't condone this, but I will say, kiss my ass, hashtag The Bachelor. Kayla Epps, a player from the current season, then replied, you know what I'm disappointed by? The fact that you've been through this experience and yet find the time to make radical claims about women you don't know. Ultimately, Burnett then replied, yep, I fucked up. And she does take accountability here and apologize for this, but the damage has been done, and this also might have been what led to someone surfacing the picture of her wearing the mm. Confederate flag jacket because that happened hours later. You think it caused the deep dive? Either the deep dive or... I don't know who posted that picture. I don't know where the fuck that picture is from. Somebody was sitting on it, though, for sure, and we were like, fuck it. This tweet pissed me off. Here you go. Oh, you think they were sitting on it? I don't think it was a photo like from her own Instagram or something. Right. No. <laughs> so we will see if Demi can make amends for her parasocial errors and her <laughs> errors in real life as well. But that does it for this week's parasocial plays of the week. And now it's time to do what we always do at the end of the show. Pace Case and I drop to the bottom of the pit and scream as loud as we can about the detrimental effects of our involvement with this television show on each of our lives. This is Screams from the Pit! My scream from the pit this week is that we work hard on this show. We are working hard on our multiple different projects that we have going on. But it wasn't until this week that Bachelor Nation news infected my psyche, I would say, in a way where I was not able to sleep multiple nights this week. And I was just thinking about Chris Harrison and everything that has happened. And it made me look back on like how I started watching this show when I was 12 years old, season one, uh, Alex Michelle, and like what I would think if I told myself like in 20 years, you are going to be spending all of your time devoted to projects relating to the show 
and you are going to be calling for Chris Harrison to be fired. This man who has just <laughs> come on, he's very young, he's wearing this giant suit. He says, I'm a happily married man. And I just, I thought a lot about what I would think about that. And like, I know this isn't the first time that we have seen indications of his beliefs and it isn't the first time, which we will get into because we will be doing a Patreon episode this week that is literally about the history of race and our beloved game, um, which will be very good and you guys should all check out. But yeah, my scream is that I... (laughs) I saw the fucking sunrise multiple days this week because of Chris Harrison's racist tirade with our first black bachelorette and those words just seem like, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised at this point, like this last year has been so insane, but I just, I just never thought I would see it and it has caused me a lot of anxiety. Yeah, it's a weird thing to think about. Like, I certainly get times where I'm just like, my entire life has become this. It's not the life I wanted. And then certainly it's these other layers that are like, not only did I not want to fucking like be spending all my creative energy talking about a reality TV show, certainly I don't want to be doing it about one that has just racism on every fucking level, misogyny on every fucking level. It's all about corporate greed. And I sometimes think about people like, you know, Bob Costas, for example, who's a sports guy, commentator, or anybody who has like devoted their entire career to being on camera commentators for whatever the sport may be. But especially in the NFL, since its inception, the NFL has had literal like racist mascots for teams, some of which are mm-hmm. only changing this year. So for the entire lifetime of somebody like Bob Costas, he has been devoting his time, creative energy, et cetera, et cetera. His whole legacy, his identity is wrapped up in talking about this thing that is a giant corporate greed machine, promoting racist ideas, misogynist ideas, all like yeah. all sports do, you know? And I think that there is, for what it's worth, value in what we do in that it, you know, I'm not saying we directly are affecting change in the game or anything like that. But the more people that talk about it, the more change that does happen. So I think mm-hmm. there is like, ultimately, I was when I get into situations like that psychologically, where I'm like, "What the fuck am I doing?" I'm like, in some way, you are affecting society and pushing it towards progress. Yeah, I think we are, and I think that's part of why this scandal has blown up into what it is. Is there are a lot of voices who are more progressive talking about this game. Totally. You know, my scream is related to your scream a little bit. In that, mine has to do with sleeping as well. And it's not about being sleepless, but instead about getting a very good deep slumber. But now, I only dream about The Bachelor. It used to be oh my God. that it I didn't at all. Then it was like, famously. oh, I had my, Yeah, famously. People knew about that. And then... <laughs> I had my first bachelor dream and every once in a while I'd have one. Now it's at all times because it is so much a part of my brain and what I'm thinking about constantly. Even when I'm asleep, it's constant. And so I had a dream in which our book had come out and it had done very well. So Mm, well, in fact, that James Kimmel had us on his late night show. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, if you like, if 
he's your friend. I don't know the man. <laughs> I call him by his proper name. So Kimmel, as you may know, hosted a couple of dates in Chris Soul's season, including one with Caitlin Bristow. So he's a part of the Bachelor world. We know that he's a fan of The Bachelor. We're on his talk show, and he's asking us about our book. Oh, this book, it revolutionized the game. Like, you know, it's so crazy. <laughs> you guys have all these stats, whatever, whatever. And he gets to a point where he asks us a question in kind of his Jimmy Kimmel snarky asshole tone where he's like, so seems like you guys, your whole thing is The Bachelor. What are you going to do when they cancel the show? And I looked this fucking guy dead in the eyes in this dream. And I said, with all sincerity, then I'll be free. And I, I, in the dream, I felt that freedom for the first time. Like, you know how in dreams, your emotions get like heightened and shit, all of that. It was this fucking weird moment in the dream where I was like, oh my God, that's what it would feel like to not be trapped by this fucking show anymore. And it felt fucking good. And then I woke up and I turned on my phone and went immediately to Instagram to look at all my DMs. <laughs> you went back to your, to your prison. Immediately. Hmm. I okay. I'm 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 sensing some Serena P one on one date vibes here. That maybe Ooh. this isn't what you want, and you have an option. Well, strangely enough, the dream made me aware of that of the option. I'll leave it at that. Oh my god! Dark scream. I don't know if that's dark or not. I feel <laughs> like it may not be. But then uh, there's a flip side of me too that's like, fuck though. Like the game is changing. And if it gets changed to something that is like, like could we just enjoy the pure fucking game? I Like that era mm -hmm. really interests me where it's like the producers don't do a bunch of fucking bullshit and there's no fucking racism. And it really is just about like who can navigate this 10 round game of group dates, one-on-one -on -one dates, two-on-ones, the kind of like formal structure of the game. Who is the best at that? Who'd use all of it? Like, fuck, I want to see that. I just want to see that. The fucking bare, pure game. And I think like, when is that going to happen? I want to stick Can around. Can you even for at have least that. a hooju without racism? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have the whole game without racism. I I was joking. Oh. Ha ha ha. Anyway, that That's was my scream. Laugh. That uh, I fucking told Jimmy Kimmel I would be free if they canceled The Bachelor. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. <laughs> god what a week what a week indeed this one has been brutal for everyone in bachelor nation ourselves included there's just been yeah it's so constant there is no reprieve from it and it seems like it's going to be like that for the rest of this season until we get some kind of conclusion and we find out who the next bachelorette is and we also find out who's going to be hosting after the final rose and what the fuck that's all going to be about if you could choose one of the current players to host it, who would you pick? From this season of 25? I think Chelsea Vaughn would be excellent. And I feel like she's she's gone pretty hard in the paint for this situation. I don't think they could have a player host it. It's got to be like an objective third party. I'm in an alt party. universe, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, any player. Uh, Demi Burnett. <laughs> 
I think Taisha would do a good job. She should just do it. And she didn't even get in after the final rose, so. I don't know. I, you want Rachel Lindsay, obviously, because she would not yeah. fucking hold back. Taisha's going to do whatever the company wants. It's like what we want is somebody who can ask the hard questions, who won't fucking relent, who will like really get to the bottom of shit. And I just don't know who else does that other than Rachel Lindsay. I know, but she's done so much. I feel like we can't even ask her to do this. So, well, I mean, we're not. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're just asking my wishes. She's, yeah, <laughs> it's an alt universe, but there's rules. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll see who does it. Like my suspicion is they're gonna just fucking cart out Ben Higgins or something. You think? I just don't think they would do that. I don't think it's a another white man. No way. Do you think it's somebody from outside the franchise? I mean, the only person they've had replace him is JoJo. Mm-hmm. How about Van Lathan? Sure. He'll just be like, if that weenie were here, he would say this. Van Lathan, by the way, guys, called Chris Harrison a weenie on his apology Instagram square. <laughs> I enjoyed that. We shall see who hosts this upcoming after the final rose and we will see how the rest of this season concludes but thank you everyone for joining us for this week in bachelor nation we hope you'll join us this coming monday for a very special patreon episode we're going to be doing which is going to outline the entire history of the role that race has played in the bachelor as you know pace case and i have done a hyper binge we've seen every episode except season Except season nine, the elusive season nine. Did it ever exist? We don't even know. But very important things have happened in the history of the game where race is concerned. And to kind of know the impact of what's happening right now, we feel like it's very important to understand the entire history of it, the whole foundation that has led up to this moment. And we are going to be breaking down everything from season one to what happened this week in our episode on patreon this monday so check that out let's just say this is not the first incident where the bachelor has been terrible on race in the history of the beloved game and last week we appeared on another podcast called getting cozy with aaron hill where we talked about everything that's going on now as well as why the bachelor is a professional sport Please go check out her most recent episode. Again, it's Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. We had a blast talking with her. She's very knowledgeable about Bachelor and the history of it. And that is always a pleasure for us to get to talk to someone like that. Truly. And this Monday, again, we have that Patreon episode coming out. But we are also going to be doing a live pre-show on Patreon where we're going to discuss what we expect for hometowns, the first round of playoffs. Very exciting. And we hope you will join us for that as well. But before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 6,904 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Rachel Lindsay. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. 
Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now. Head to toe, dressed in quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever. Unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. (laughs) I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses we're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer it's a great time of year it's a time for renewal for me that means reconnecting with friends and family i haven't seen for a while and when i do i want to make sure i have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with that's why first leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's gonna use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.